What's up? This is your girl, T. As a black woman in her 30s, I'm constantly trying to figure out life. But the one time of the week where it all seems to come together is on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's right, when I talk with my girls at brunch over a glass of champagne. I created this podcast to bring good vibes and open dialogue about various topics from mental health, relationships, personal development, the workspace, to the bubbly that happened over the weekend. Sundays are a time for celebration, rest, and reflection. So welcome to Champagne Sunday. Grab a glass, pop a bottle, and get ready to pour it up. Champagne Sunday is pleased to provide you with social media content for your personal education and informational purposes. Reliance on any information provided by Champagne Sunday or by any person or professional appearing on this podcast is solely at your own risk. Hey, 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 welcome to Champagne Sunday. It's your girl T and welcome back to another episode. And today I have a special guest. I have my good friend Shaq, Shakira, however, I always say Shaq, so, (laughs) but introduce yourself. How are you doing, Shaq? I'm good. Thanks, T. My name is Shakira, like you said. Um, I am, oh, and I probably should have really thought about what I was going to say about myself, but I am a <laughs> HBCU alum and hey. I currently work at an HBCU. And okay, let me know which one. Which one? Which oh, HBCU? I didn't I didn't know we was doing it on the podcast, but yeah, you know, I work ahead. at the Howard University, you know, the real HBCU, you? you know. Um, hey. But yes, I'm a Howard alum and I work there now and I work in the Office of Interpersonal Violence Prevention. So we educate and advocate for students in the areas of sexual assault, dating and domestic violence, stalking and harassment, wanting to provide support for students that have experienced those things. But also the bulk of my work is in prevention, just building understandings of healthy relationships, healthy interpersonal skills, and just how to navigate all of the relationships we have through life, not only the romantic or sexual ones, just navigating Mm -hmm. all of our relationships in a healthy way. That's dope. So I'm really excited to have you on today because we're definitely going to dive into relationships today. We're going to talk a little bit about sex as well, some sex education, and just also for entertainment. Like We're just going to have some fun about this topic. Um, And I also like this because also have a public health background as well. So Mm -hmm. I think that would be interesting to dive into with your perspective. So I can't wait to get into that. And it's, I never realized like that was a sort because I'm going to kind of go into it. And, um, but I also want to talk more about that being a resources across colleges, like of campus. And if that's always been a resource too, but we'll talk about that more later. But I first want to get into our libations. So I see you over there drinking something. What do you have? What's in your cup? What yes. are you drinking? So interestingly enough, this started as a mocktail. It started as a mocmosa. It was a little bit of sparkling water. Okay. And some orange mango okay. juice. Um, but then uh-huh. I saw the tequila that I had on the counter. So I ended up pouring a shot in there. 
So it's a little bit of a, a spiked sparkle. Okay. I'll call it like a spiked agua fresca almost. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Now, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but mocktails have really been, I've seen a lot of mocktails, like like people are getting creative with the mocktails, but it just don't do anything for me. Like if I'm going to do mocktail, I might as well just drink water. Like I don't, <laughs> and I feel like you feel the same because you ended up putting some tequila in your mocktail. So, so and now it's just, you know. Uh, um, I'll say it's my second what? one of the morning, but it, w- it really okay. started as like. Uh, with tequila? No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, oh. But it really just started as a a breakfast drink alternative. Just, ooh, I wanted to put it in a champagne glass. I wanted more, something lighter than juice. But then I was coming yeah. on Champagne Sunday and I was like, I don't have any champagne, but... You have to have champagne. Tequila. But the funny thing is, I don't even have champagne this Sunday. <laughs> I don't have champagne. I have green juice. Okay. <laughs> Now, and it's not like I'm on a detox or anything. First of all, I ran out of champagne. I don't have any champagne. Didn't feel like going to the store this morning. And so um, green juice it is, uh, but it doesn't mean that I will be drinking green juice all day. So that's just that's just for the... the so I'm going to take a sip of the green juice and cheers to an episode of cheers. Champagne Sunday. Boom. Cheers. Also, this is not your first time being on this podcast. You're right. You have been here before. And actually, it was a fun podcast, too. We talked about travel. Yes, we did. And that was like one of the first. Yeah, that was like one of the first podcasts. And it was really fun. And I think that's low-key one of the highest. One of the, it's like top three of the highest like episodes. So we have to get you and the ants back on to talk. Yeah, um, I think it, it was. Even though we had so many. Go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I think our friend group is very unique and interesting and people always like the opportunity to see like what and how do they talk to each other and what do they be talking about? So yeah, we can do that again. We definitely should. Even though we had a lot of technical difficulties, the episode was still really good. So we pushed through. Labor of love. You said, what'd you say? It was a labor of love. You said favor of, oh, labor. It was a, thank you, I do. It was a labor of love. I don't know why I thought you said uh, flavor of love. I said flavor of love. But a labor of love, yes. Okay, so today's bubbly. We go into something that you can take into your week, something that is encouraging, um, uplifting. And so today's bubbly, I got it off of Instagram. I always like to get quotes off of Instagram. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm to find some quotes um and i don't know this guy his name is mitchell clark and he always has like the quotes that in the background it's like things moving and it's like real calm and tranquil and then he has like this profound quote but this one says sometimes productivity and he has it in quote but sometimes productivity shows up as having enough self-awareness to know that the best way you can use your time is to disconnect and decompress. Trying to work through exhaustion, burnout, and overwhelm is not a sustainable practice. And so I like that quote for Champagne Sunday because, of course, we have our three R's. We have our rest, relaxation, and reflection. And then last week, we added recharge. Um, So we have four R's. But I think that was really good because everybody's quote unquote productivity is different. And then sometimes people try to push through and like, if I can get all these things on my to-do list done, but sometimes productivity is just really relaxing and resting and just decompressing. And so, um, yeah, I really like that quote. I could see that. I could see that. Yes. I also think Mm -hmm. people have a really singular view of productivity, but that quote and just, I think what it's getting at is balance. 
that if there are those things that you need to do and accomplish and be driven and motivated for, um, you're not a you're not a power drill like you don't run on electricity. You run on food and rest and recharging. And so it's understanding that right. your most productive self is a rested well self and being as intentional exactly. about those things as you mm-hmm. are about your goals and ambitions. Yeah, exactly. I, well, what's well said, well said. Because <laughs> um, I think people don't realize that for sure, that it is about balance and that the best way to get great work is when you let yourself rest and refuel yourself. So, all right. So moving on along into today's topic. So I first want to go into, <laughs> so the other, what was that? Last Friday we were talking and you had to talk at a school, like you had to talk at Howard to a group. I can't remember. It was a group of students, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the specific, but it was a group of students that you had to talk to. And you were saying like what you had to talk about. You talked for 40 minutes. And one thing that came up, you were saying that there are different types of relationships. I don't know if you said just relate. You said different types of sexual relationships. Is that what you said? So I kind of wanted to go into the types and kind of like fill that out a little bit. So what did you mean? Because I asked you then. I just wanted to know, like, what do you mean by like there are different types of sexual relationships you can have with the person? Yeah, sure. So first, the the conversation that we were having on campus, it was just kind of like an icebreaker on just what are the types of relationships you know you've either experienced or you've heard about. And it was a kind of a word cloud on a poll, um, a poll technology we're using. But the answers we were kind of looking for are just you have romantic relationships, sexual relationships, mm-hmm. professional relationships casual relationships. And within those, Mm -hmm. just talking about those types of relationships, we have names for some of those. Some of the words that popped up in the the brain, the word cloud were friends with benefit relationships, hookups, Mm -hmm. polyamorous relationships, monogamous relationships. Um, And it was just the beginning of a conversation on one particular type of relationship. We decided to explore hookup, hookup relationships. But it was just to get people primed to the idea of even in our connections with people, there are different and there can be different rules of engagement. And just in all of society and understanding, we've put names to some of those things. People Mm -hmm. can sometimes shy away from labels, but I forgot the. there's a movie that always has a funny quote about like, Oh yeah, people don't like labels, but I think it's Zombieland. Mm-hmm. But people don't like labels, but okay. labels are important so people don't like drink bleach. Like you need to know what something okay. is to understand <laughs> how to navigate within it. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was just uh, a priming for a conversation that we were going to delve into about hookups that essentially for people in college can be one of the most common relationships um, that exist. So Yeah, that's where that kind of came from. Yeah, I think that's interesting too about labels. And I think it kind of go back to the same thing we were talking about productivity. Like everyone has a different definition for what productivity is. So I think the same thing is like you can have a label or like you were saying like hookups. And so when I think of hookup, I first think of, okay, is this like one night stand? Like you just hooking up with someone, right? But then someone else could say like, no, hooking up could also be leading into like, you know, this person and you built a, you know, you 
hook up with this person regularly, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, that definition changed. Now, is that friends with benefits or not? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of thinking of the sense of that, okay, we can have these labels, but then how do now we have to go into talking about what these labels mean? Yes, operationalizing these labels and and what does that look like? Like, and I know being in college, when I was in college, we didn't really talk about like, so what are we? We just like feeling vibes and going off of energy. <laughs> so it's interesting. I feel like to have that conversation with young adults, like in their twenties. And I feel like even adults in their thirties are still trying to figure out. And like, I was just saying like, I'm in a situationship. Is that appropriate at 33? <laughs> so. And, and who's to say just one of the things I, I, did my master's of public health and I'm currently pursuing doctoral studies. But one of the things that I'm looking mm-hmm. at is just our understanding of comprehensive and quality sexuality education, education that goes beyond don't not getting pregnant as a teen and avoiding STIs, but information that talks about the types of relationships and the types of families that can form and within those relationships and families, what are some of the things that are universal? Trust and honesty and togetherness, but understanding how do we build towards those things? How do we do those things? What do those things look like? And what do those things not look like? Because a lot of us get to college and we get to be in our 30s and 40s and we can very easily never build an understanding of what those things are and how to do those things in Mm -hmm. a healthy way. So that's a lot of just, again, what I'm studying and what I do in the Mm -hmm. space, in my space at um, Howard is giving people an opportunity to be reflective on those things and maybe sometimes make a choice and a conscious choice and weigh the pros and cons of just how you navigate your relationships versus blind just reacting in our relationships that a lot of times we're just doing relationships without ever being thoughtful Any and mm-hmm. conscious and intentional about what are why yeah. why right exactly also shout out to you phd route you know doing a thing uh, doctor I'm trying yes <laughs> Shout out if I had to think, you know, it's there. There you go. There you go. The energy celebrate yourself because you're doing it. Um, I got excited about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is not easy. And so you need the celebration. You need all of the cheer and, and reinforcement you can when you're in these programs because it's, it's not easy. Um But yeah, I think that's really good that you're, you have these conversations about that. And one thing that stood out that you said was also what would these families look like, right? Because ultimately you are in relationships, whether it's monogamous, polyamorous or whatever, or it's a hookup and it could possibly lead to a family. And so thinking about what would that look like? But I think also too, people, do people even like, I'm, I know like young people don't even think that far as to like, Oh, what this family, what this could possibly look like. But I think that is actually um, a really important question to think when you're engaging with someone in that way, especially if you're not using protection or being safe, what could this possibly lead to? Um, but I also wondered in, in your situation, how do you, so as, I know you do talks, do, do our students able to come to you to have these conversations? Are you, mm-hmm 
do people know? Because I honestly, at Howard, don't remember having this. And I feel like this would have been a great resource as a RA because a lot of times there were like just a lot of relationship conflict surrounding that. And I could just tell that students didn't know how to handle it, especially with the rise of like social media and being passive aggressive and subbing. There wasn't really like a lot of conversation around how do we communicate? So, yeah. So I'll say my office um, was founded in 2008 by a researcher okay. and scholar, Dr. Trisha Bent Goodley, in the School of Social Work. Um, I'm the third director of the program. And it was, it was originally grant funded and the university kind of brought it on as a part of our infrastructure in somewhere around 2016, I want to say. But okay. yeah, it is, um, it's a resource that more and more colleges are bringing to their their spaces um and but we still have a uh, quite a ways to go but it's recognizing that one first and foremost the program is a a confidential crisis advocacy space for students that need to process and make a pathway for healing after harm has already occurred but one of the things we know is that how do we prevent harm and trauma in relationships it's through prevention and those prevention tools wow. are healthy relationship, understanding the tenets of healthy relationships and the skills that go into just healthy interconnection between people. So that's really just where the, the a lot of the conversation and opportunities that we build on campus now come from, giving people the opportunity to be reflective on the types of relationships that they're building, the types of relationships that they've seen, Recognizing that mm -hmm. for a lot of us, when we think about families and relationships, yes, the, the future families that we build are important, but we also have to look at the families that we're already a part of and our, our family structures and what we've seen within our families to understand where we get our ideas about relationships from. Are all of the ideas mm -hmm. that we bring into relationships intrinsically our mm -hmm. own or are they reflections of what we've seen um what we haven't seen and what we're hoping to correct in our mm -hmm. future but uh ivpp that's kind of the co colloquial name for my office um really just tries to build opportunities for people to be reflective and then make a choice about what they would like to do about their understandings of their relationships. Two things that stood out to me. One was like the thinking about trauma and prevention. And so instead of trying to put band-aids on things, let's work to prevent the trauma from even happening. Like let's talk more about what relationships are to prevent those things. But also it's good that you also have the supports after because sometimes people come to situations already with trauma or things and that things can reoccur. And I'm also thinking, I definitely agree that a lot of times how we perceive relationships are based on how we were raised, how we saw our parents, how we didn't see our parents, or the lack thereof. Um, the relationships that were surrounding us can kind of depict on how we go forward. Like right now, I feel that there has been a thing in social media about marriage, right? This is for the past, I think week. I've seen a lot about marriage. And it, one, it sparked because Lala had talked about marriage mm -hmm. and relationships. And she said that she no longer felt that 
people really were interested in being married, that people just wanted to kind of have a significant other, but didn't really want like long-term like marriage, right? They just wanted to um, just have a partner. And those, and most of the people that she know who are married are miserable. And she said, not all, but most, but also that kind of put a dent on some of the people that we know she's friends with, like, you know, Sierra and uh, Kelly Rowland. But anyway, (laughs) that was a little like, "Uh, you gonna put your friends out there like that? But other than that, just thinking about this narrative that's being pushed that people don't want to be in monogamous relationships. So you brought up another type of relationship is polyamory. And so it's this new thing is that, you know, being in a marriage is not really the thing. So I think it's kind of who we are, how we're raised, but also like culture and social media can push narratives and us to believe that this is the thing that I should be doing, even if I'm I'm not really sure it is the thing I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I also saw, I saw clips of that Lala interview and like some of my first visceral mm-hmm. thoughts were like, girl, speak for yourself. But in the context right. of... <laughs> Um, in the context of me and the relationships I've seen, like, um, I told some of my friends last year, my parents celebrated 40 years and like, when I think of, yeah, when I think of one, I'm 30 years old, it's a relationship that I've seen from birth to now. Has it always been easy? Mm -hmm. Probably not. I learned probably a really important lesson about their marriage and marriage in general is that. If I'm not a part of it, I I really got to mind my business on some of the parts that I see, (laughs) Um, especially in the the marriage and relationship that, you know, brought forth me and my sisters. Like even in that relationship, I got to mind my business on some things. Mm -hmm. But it is. Yeah, that I think it's all very it's it's a very subjective thing and it should be. There is no no rule book or right way to do a marriage or to do any type of partnership recognizing that Mm -hmm. we we say and talk about marriage as a goal but unless you mean the we did it in front of a legal marriage by law there are people that have felt married Mm -hmm. in the eyes of god for years there's people that cohabitate yeah there's people that co-parent within a household there's there's lots of ways people are connected and have healthy affirming relationships and right. the label of marriage is not the only thing which and and I think yeah. to that and point, I guess that goes I would agree with Lala mm-hmm. but um on the reverse okay I, I would agree that marriage trademark might not be everyone's goal but okay it is I don't, I, and there's probably research out there, but I think you can probably poll a lot of people and marriage is their goal. I, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that goes back to kind of the operate, uh, how you operationally define marriage. I mean, some people are like more biblical sense of what marriage is and then other people may not be. Um, more so of like the physical, the connection or how they share their life or how they're partners. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense, like you said, like maybe that's not everyone's goal, but you can't sit here and say it's not a goal. Like nobody wants to get it married anymore because there truly are people who see that as a goal for themselves. I think that's important in thinking about that too. Like you said, like your parents have been married uh, for 40, you said 40 years, right? Yep. Shout out. 40. And so you've been able to, yeah. Shout outs to them for real, because you've been able to see that. And a lot of people will say, like, I never saw that. Like, I didn't have that in my household, but also thinking, 
Two, that that doesn't mean that that is an excuse or that's a reason for you to like not feel like that could be something that you have, right? Or something that you want. But I think it all depends on, again, like how you're thinking about relationships. And I think sometimes people don't get out of their those mindsets are kind of like those preconceived notions of things that they were raised by or things that they have seen to be able to experience something different. So a lot of times people will just go by, again, like maybe social media or what they're seeing is just like, you know, you could just have different relationships. It doesn't really ma- matter. Like marriage is not a thing. You're just looking for a partner. But thinking about, but in deep inside, they could be really wanting those things, right? But not just thinking that it's possible or it's not something that's achievable. I think having the mindset that it is, and I think, but when I was listening to Coach Cooch, I listened to her podcast, I mentioned her a lot. She was saying that people are settling, are thinking like, it's like, let me settle for the lesser. And I feel like it's only settling if you feel like you want something more, but you feel like I can't achieve that. So I'm just going to sit right here where it's comfortable. So it's, it's just all interesting about how we look at relationships and labels, especially at a young age when we think about like college students. Mm-hmm. It's just all interesting. Yeah, it is. It's interesting work and it's interesting to just hear what students say when they it just comes to their understandings of relationships and what's appropriate and what are the rules of of engagement are and it's also sometimes Mm -hmm. interesting to hear them debate each other on just the thing I heard you say is not correct and if we are both navigating a campus where we're trying to build connection yeah sometimes you realize Mm -hmm. some of your some of your classmates have some very interesting ideas about what it takes to navigate a relationship and the hope is what is something that's weird that you've heard uh that people were arguing about um okay so one of the activities that we do are the building blocks of healthy relationships we literally have different tenets Mm -hmm. of relationships trust honesty having shared friends on blocks and people kind of build what their healthy relationship is and the block about having shared friends is usually an interesting block for people in that there are some people on there there are some people that just like my friends becoming your friends and our social networks melding is an important part mm-hmm. of how we build our relationship and there are <laughs> students more likely more likely than not in the room when somebody kind of brings that up as something that's important to them there's other people Uh in the room that have just a viscerally different reaction to my friends better not become your friends we do not always have to hang out together there is just Mm -hmm. there needs to be independence in our social network and like the people that are joining are me and you it doesn't need to be me and you and your roommate and your friends from back home and your like just the idea of shared friends can be a really debatable mm-hmm. topic and i think that it is interesting okay yeah yeah i mean i mean i i see cuz also i heard about that too and i i wonder know your opinion on it because i feel like thinking about like being in a a relationship with someone i would want our friends to kind of like and not everybody got to be cool, right? Because you think about your friend group, you have probably different pools of friends in different areas, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would hope that one group of my friends could connect with one of his group of friends, you know, with my significant other. And then we could kind of like maybe do things together. It's not necessarily a requirement, but I think it would be helpful. And I've also heard 
um, someone said that in order, they were talking about their parents and their parents have been married for a long time as well. And they said what they learned from their relationship or their parents' relationship is that your significant other has to be like your friend and then like y'all all y'all hang out together. Like y'all have the same pool of friends. So it's no like you going here and I'm going here. Like, no, we all hang out together. We have our game nights together. We have our so-and-sos together. And she's saying she thinks that's what made her parents so close because they were like, they had the same pool of friends together. Now, other people would, like you said, would say, no, I need to have my friends. You need to have your friends. We need to have our personal time. But it's just all interesting Mm -hmm. to see, like, how would that work in a relationship? And yeah, so one, I think the answers I have at 30 would be different than the ones that I I have at, like, 18 and 20. But Uh where, uh, but kind of not really in that I just... I don't need our social groups to highly connect. Um, I, I would like them to have moments of compatibility of just mm-hmm. we, when we are around each other for a shared event, like you can laugh, you can da 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 da. But I don't know if I need. Be cordial. Mm-hmm. Co- just uh, a relationship to be built outside of the times that we come together. I, if it's like, the the friends that are couples are coming together or just a random game night. I should I, I do want my partner to be around my friends and be cordial, meet their other friends and their partners. Do I need y'all exchanging numbers after and meeting up for bowling? You know, unless I'm gonna be there, why not? <laughs> um, and I don't say that as like a relationship rule. But yeah, I wouldn't get the the number of one of his friends or his friend's girlfriend to do things on the side, probably unless there was like a really shared vested interest. But yeah, I don't I don't need my network to be that sticky if. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I think so. It makes sense to me. I got to do want to like, um, I guess bring it back a little bit because we we're kind of talking about like relationships. So we're talking about different types of relationships, right? And so in that sense, we're talking about being in a committed relationship, what it would look like for you. Because I think, again, we stick into this. We're operationally defining what our relationship would look like. And I guess what you're saying when you do the activity of like relationship building, what do you see in that relationship? I guess that's how you kind of break it down. So also thinking too, I'm going to roll it back a little bit just about hookups and situationships. Because I think... That is what kind of gets real tricky and sticky. <laughs> Using your words, like how sticky does it get? Like it gets, it gets tricky and sticky. And so, thinking about like situationships and what that means, I I would just ask your opinion. I'm gonna give me on what do you feel like a situationship is? Like what is that? I think a situationship is, in its shortest definition, a hot mess and a waste of time. <laughs> That's what, we're going to start with that first <laughs> definition. Um, I'm a waste of time. But a situationship is, it, it has, it, it probably, it has just too many boxes checked for it to not have a cleaner name on just like, there's more than likely sex involved. There's interest and probably a want for monogamy but also a want for freedom a want for Uh like commitment from this person but that might not be reciprocated there's like you might know 
some of my friend group and I might have mentioned my mom to you or I could have never mentioned you to anybody (laughs) in my life ever. And I just it has too many like there's there are too many elements of relationships that I think probably conflict that are in this situation. Well, there you go. In this it's a situation for me just as somebody that has engaged in situationships and has tried to Mm -hmm. process like, why was I doing it and why did it not Uh stop or why did it not become something more solid? It, I I think it can sometimes be an attempt to have a connection, but not be vulnerable enough to define or have a conversation about what it is and what it Mm. isn't. And instead of, moving towards just making that many times uncomfortable or awkward definition, we mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we can avoid that discomfort by never defining. But when you never define, yeah, now avoidance. This, now this mm-hmm. you just add in Lego pieces and now is it a building? Yeah. Is it a dinosaur? Is it a what is it? <laughs> it's a situation ship. It's a situation ship. <laughs> um it's a situation. <laughs> but I also and I also think they come from Wanting something that is easy and sometimes kind of light, but not recognizing mm-hmm. that even even hookups, even friends with benefits, even one night stands take work and they take work to do them properly. And I think situationships mm-hmm. can also be born of where we're not interested in doing the work of either mm. separating and letting go, coming together and being it. Like, we don't want to do the work. Mm -hmm. So this just Mm -hmm. grows naturally into something unnaturally. We don't want to do the work, but then in a situation, you always find, like, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're at your, like, they could sometimes just be really Mm -hmm. mentally draining. Mm -hmm. It still requires work. It's now, it's just work you're not doing. It's work that's being done to you. Intentionally, yeah. Yeah, you're using your energy in an unproductive way, mm-hmm. pretty much. And I I do agree that it's you're avoiding doing the work, whether it's talking about or labeling what we are, whether it's... And I think even sometimes it goes to the point of, oh, I do like this person and I do want to be in a relationship with this person. And then, like you said, the other person may not want to. Mm-hmm. And you have that conversation and the person is like, no. And then you're like... But I like this person mm-hmm. and I like how I feel right now. The work and of knowing being. that you should, yeah, you shouldn't continue it. You should, like you said, the work of like separating and leaving, mm-hmm. you don't do that. You stay because it feels good or it feels nice. And so it ends up being this thing that you, no one has really defined. You both can't define it. It doesn't make any sense and it's not intentional. But I think what drives it and kind of what you were getting at is kind of that not wanting to do work, not wanting to put in work and also just the pleasure principle of it. Like I'm, I like it. I, it's rewarding. It feels good. And it, when it feels good, it feels good. And so I, that makes me want to continue to be in this situationship, even though I know that it's not beneficial or it's not working out. Yeah. Um, it's not going to work out. As you were talking, I would just like, I was thinking, the the work of being vulnerable like it is we that is I think work that just as you were saying like realizing I like this person and 
the work that I should pro I can probably engage in is seeing if they reciprocate those feelings and what they want to do about them. But if the work of being mm -hmm. vulnerable feels icky and like makes the underarm sweat, you will engage in mm -hmm. the other work of trying to tell if they like you by reading into signs and right. overthinking what they're saying or putting them in scenarios like like by the time you mm -hmm. are now trying to find out information about your relationship and what this person means to you and you're putting in all that time and effort besides just talking to the person and asking direct questions that's where a lot of the the situationshipness can come in facts i think for for me too i um when i think back to when i was early on in situationships it was also not knowing what I wanted to, like in the beginning, like if you don't define what you're looking for, what you want, and you're just kind of going with the flow, I feel like you can find yourself in situationships because you will be doing things with someone and it's really personal and it's real, You are like in some situations you might be actually being vulnerable, not necessarily about that you want to be with the person, but you might be showing vulnerability in other ways, right? Like you're showing it, but you're not communicating or being verbally verbal about this is how you feel. And so you may be doing things like spending time together, spending the night together, having sex. You might be, you know, um, going places together and doing all these things that are usually aligned with being in a relationship. And then you find yourself, there's no label. There's no one has said anything about what this is. And then you know, and, and then it's kind of a, a situation where the person may be like, yeah, I don't really want that. Or I like how things are right now without it, because you don't have any labels and you've been doing all of this shit that you would do in a relationship. But I think it's important to know what you want and be intentional because you won't allow yourself to cross certain boundaries. Like you'll put up bare boundaries to say, I'm not doing, I'm not going on a vacation or, or you know, with you, or I'm not going to stay up the night over your house mm -hmm. because that's not, if we're not going to, if we're not intentionally trying to date each other and be in a committed relationship, then I'm not doing that. But I think also too, there's people, and again, this is 2023 and it's like the liberation of the woman and what does that look like, right? Like I can just be free and do what I want to do and it's whatever, right? But then it always has like a lot of backlash from the public and media of like, you know, and I guess in a sense it's like shaming, because, I mean, it could be sex, too, but it's also just the freedom that women can date. Because look at Laura Harvey and all of the things like, oh, she's dating all these people, but we don't even know if she's, you know, her. we don't know her sexual card or anything about sex. We just know she's dating people, but it's seen as, oh, like she doing all of this. So I think that's another thing, too, about being intentional. Some women want to be intentional and have a, a relationship, and then other women may just be wanting to have fun. But I guess just knowing that for yourself may help not to get in those sticky situations. I agree um, that I think as we hopefully as we mature and progress through life and we have more experiences, we learn from them. And the mm -hmm. I work with a lot of college students now. And one of the, the things I can probably say, it's not their fault. It's just where they are in development and life. It's just impulsivity that just the ability to yeah. the, as quick as a sensation comes on, you will act on it. And just one, what right. that increases your risk for just across the board when it comes to mm -hmm. different types of things. But 
I'll also say the newness of access to alcohol. Like it just not to like be super PSA, but just like when you're 18 to 20 and you just you don't have ready access to alcohol. So you use it and abuse it in just kind of weird ways. Mm-hmm. You're hopefully doing that less at 25 and doing that less at 30 and 35. Um, mm-hmm. But that impulsivity goes away as you get older and just the ability to think like is this what I want is this a part of the goals and trajectory that I have for my life or is this person worth or this situation worth exposing my body to anything or exposing my heart or using my time or using my energy those that cost benefit analysis I think just becomes it becomes easier as you get older And as you've had experiences that can kind of reinforce, well, you did that because it felt good. And now it's at the end of this situation. And does it really feel good? Will we be here again? That that's just Mm -hmm. learning that comes with development and getting older and having access to more experiences. Yeah, that is true. I definitely agree with that of being having more experiences. And I think that because when you talk about development, you're right. Like when you're younger and you're a teen or you adolescent or young adult, like your brain isn't fully developed until you're around 25 anyway. So a lot of the executive functioning skills when it comes to making decisions, planning, organizing is just not as well developed as you are when you're in your later 20s. Um, and so a lot of things do happen when it comes to like impulsive, making impulsive decision making, or if you feel a sensation, you're like, oh, I'm going to act on it. I'm going to do that. And I remember just seeing, what is it? Explain it. And they were talking about the adolescent's brain and just like teenagers and how, why they may do dumb things like jumping off of a roof on a, a skateboard or things like that, because they have that impulsivity sense or they want to do it. Um, they want to act on that. And so thinking when you're saying like, as you get older, like maybe you have more experience and exposure to different things. You learn from your mistakes. And even you come to the crosswords of like, oh, it felt good in the beginning, but now I realize at the end, it doesn't feel good. So that's kind of collecting like exposure or experience to make better decisions in the future. And now again, I like listening to different podcasts. And I was listening to something else and it was saying that sometimes that there are sometimes men who may not prefer someone who is like a woman that's more experienced and in a sense of experience, meaning they may have had some of those bad experiences with, with men or with men. And so they've, you know, made poor decisions and they went through it, the gamut, and they're at a place where maybe they're older and they, you're smiling and they don't have, they, I guess, have a lot of experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now it's kind of like, "Mm, I don't know if I really want the woman who had all this experience because now she's either bitter or she's, she has, she complains or she's going to do X, Y, Z. Like it's a negative connotation towards it. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether I rather have the woman who's like, hasn't been through all these experiences but again um also realizing that men contribute to these experiences too so um it is interesting when you think about just decision making and how that goes as you as you grow up yeah um I, you're I, smiling i didn't know if you had anything to say yeah i i saw <laughs> clips of the podcast that you were talking about and i think just lots of people uh, had a similar reaction to like So you're just describing grooming behaviors. You're just describing Mm -hmm. needing a power imbalance as a as a function for you of a relationship that just you need this person to be inexperienced. So you with somebody Mm -hmm. that more experience 
can do whatever you want in this relationship without impunity. And it's not so much that Mm -hmm. this person isn't, it's not that they're not jaded. They just don't, they don't know what to be jaded about. They, they don't have the experience of being able to recognize red flags, recognize just whatever Mm -hmm. shenanigans you're about to bring in this relationship. And yeah, it was a a podcast. He said that straight out of his mouth and with a straight face. And I'm sorry, I was just going to say interrupt real quick, just so people who haven't seen the podcast, but there was a clip of a guy who basically said that he liked to date younger women because he felt that they were more impressionable. And so the cast was kind of getting on him because what do you mean by impressionable? And it pretty much like Shaq was saying that you want someone who is younger and less experienced so that you can shape and groom them or that you can guide them. And because he was kept saying, like, I want someone who's going to get with my system. And he was using terms and words that are very much like you were trying to program or groom someone or trained someone. And I guess in the end, they try to use different language like, oh, my system is really my vision or it's not really I'm trying to impress, be impressionable. I want them to be cooperative. It, it, it ended <laughs> it, it up being like going. sugarcoated. But it just reminded me of that. What you, what you were saying reminded me of that because a lot of young women and thinking about myself don't have that experience earlier on and are making um, impulsive decisions that sometimes you learn from, but sometimes they come with a lot of different consequences like trauma or STDs or any other kind of things that um, you have to live with and, and have to try to figure out how to grow from that. Now, pregnancy is another one as well. Yep. And again, that just not having experiences. It, it's just one of those things. You don't know what you don't know. And just mm-hmm. hopefully equipping yeah. people with the tools to find out and be curious about these the tools to be curious, but also the the permission to be curious that just as you were talking about with Lori Harvey, that there can be a lot of shame and bashing that comes with somebody showing that they're being definitive and intentional in how they seek or don't seek relationships. Cause you know, girl, we don't even, people don't get to disclose what their relationship to Lori is that (laughs) there is, you are allowed to be curious and intentional and thoughtful and have boundaries. And a lot of things that I think society and family and religiosity have told us, like you're not supposed to navigate sex and intimacy in certain ways. Mm you can and it's important that you do to Mm. avoid situations like the man on that podcast and not to Mm -hmm. come from Mm. a lot of times when people talk about especially just women equipping themselves to be more thoughtful in just how they pursue and exist in relationships people think it can come from like a place of victim blaming but it really comes from a place of empowerment and that in the absence of harm and trauma, and especially when young women, as much as possible, mm-hmm. are younger, having the, the skills to find out is really important and empowering. And those skills are mm-hmm. listening to those podcasts and seeing the cast kind of kind of try and get him to drill down to what do you mean by impressionable and get with your program. And in our friend group, when we were talking about it, I was like, does he just need a puppy if he just needs somebody that he needs to train <laughs> and program so bad? But being able mm-hmm. to have see those things, have conversations with girlfriends, have conversations with elders become really important mm. in 
getting information and understanding and not having to go through some of that bullshit yourself. Right. There are multiple ways to be empowered in how we navigate relationships. And again, shameless plug, my office at Howard University is one. <laughs> I re- I'm glad I like how you tied that back into it because being able to pretty much explore your sexuality, explore who you are as a woman can very much sometimes be shamed or frowned upon. But in a sense, exploration is empowering because it offers you experience and exposure that can prevent you from doing certain things or just gives you knowledge about things. And as well as, like you said, talking to your elders. And it's just about exposure and experience. And a lot of times it is just like slut shaming or like you're out here. Oh, you want to do a hot girl summer. When you think about men, men are, again, it's a double standard. Everything usually is a double standard. But I think that to look at it in that way sometimes. And I feel like some men would be like, oh, you're saying you should be hoeing so you could be empowered or you could be, but it's it's a way that you think about it. I think they look at it differently, but it is about just having more experience, being able to come to the table and just know different things and, and be able to feel empowered in that way. And I kind of thought too about, and I, I don't know, I just really like that concept about women not being shamed about being sexual because I feel like we always are, especially just in media. And it's good to, I think now we're getting more used to seeing more images of women being more free and and who they are sexually. I think the one image I always think about is like Lynn from Girlfriends. I feel like that's probably like the first image I saw of uh, a woman who was like free in who she was and it wasn't a big deal and it, it wasn't seen as and I think even in the circle like in girlfriends like no one really shamed Lynn about that it usually be like funny like Lynn you always in these situations but it never was like a a bad thing like why are you doing that and so I think that may have been like maybe the first maybe the first one that I've seen kind of was liberating image but even thinking about that too there was a post and a man was saying something of the nature and I don't even know why I feel like people be saying all kinds of weird things on the internet and he said something to the effect that a woman could you know a man could come up to a woman and you know she could easily if she's at a bar she could easily say yes to sex and like engage and have get sex that night but a man he can't do that like he's gonna be turned down he's gonna be no he gotta take her on a date he gotta do all of this he gotta wine and diner in order to get sex but women can just easily just get it and then that's it and I was just looking at it, like, do you not realize like why? Do you not realize that right you that are, didn't just as happen. a man, you're right. It doesn't just happen. And then as a man, people give you credit and because you are able to have sex with multiple women or do certain things or be promiscuous. Whereas if I was just was readily like, yeah, okay, let's go. I'm I'm shouting. You're looking at me like, oh, she easy. She's slut. She a freak like all those types of things. And so, yeah, it's socialized that, oh, you want to talk to me? Take me on a date. Like, show me that you really like me because you you have the privilege to not engage in that way. We don't. And I think that is just interesting um, that he brought that up. Like, it was such a great thing that, you know, we could just have, you know, sex on the whim. But I feel like not really thinking about like what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it all ties back into, again, being shamed for being yourself or feel like you want to explore or do different things. And I think it's fine as long as you're being safe and you're not harming anybody or harming yourself, then it's it's okay and it's natural to explore and do those things. So, yeah. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I guess to that, I would add just the exploration of sexuality doesn't always have to involve another person. Just when you're talking about things like, yes, masturbation, but also just body introspection, just understanding the things that make your body feel good. And that when people talk about the benefits of like exercise and yoga for sex, just getting more in tune with your body is a really important factor in enjoyable sex. And getting in tune with your body doesn't have to involve someone else. And just the idea Mm -hmm. of knowing what feels good to you sexually, you knowing what feels good to you sexually is the is an important just kind of hurdle to get over when it comes to how do you tell somebody else? How do you communicate to somebody else what uh, what feels good to you and Mm -hmm. recognizing that that how do you do that? Communicate to somebody what feels good. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I feel like sometimes, again, I think that goes into the shaming and then the whole thing, too, that, you know, women are less likely to have orgasms. Right. So it's kind of like you have to know your like you said, you can explore yourself, your body, yourself, like what feels good to you. But that's something that you have to come into yourself. And then maybe you have to show or teach or someone else how that feels good to you like how that how to make you feel good and so it's another thing of like shying away from that like should I be doing that or should he already know or he or she whoever your you know partner is and thinking about that but I think that's a good point when you brought up yeah and that just hopefully as you and again just understanding that tenants of just healthy sexual relationships mean you can't you feel comfortable with this person to give feedback and tell them what feels good but also doing that with the understanding that they will receive that information in an in a loving and affirming way that you are Mm -hmm. giving information to make this encounter better and if god forbid you give somebody the information on what makes you feel good and they ignore it or they have a big negative reaction to you sharing that information that you accept that as a red flag that this is not as sexually compatible as you might want it to be or there's more work to do in that area if there's work to do at all it's okay to sunset relationships Mm -hmm. because somebody doesn't know how to accept feedback in my opinion yeah so what yeah so what i'm hearing you say is that again, being comfortable with that person, being comfortable with yourself and knowing yourself, but also being comfortable with the person to be able to speak and communicate with them about what your needs are or what your desires are. And hopefully that if you have a partner that is respectful or cares about you, that they would embrace that feedback rather than shame you for it. And I think the barrier sometimes for women, I think they sometimes just feel maybe not confident in just sharing that even if they are comfortable with their partner, but I think they just have to have that confidence that that's okay to do and that you should be communicating those things and that you shouldn't just be laying there if you feel like this is not it or this is not getting me off, that you should be comfortable to express that to your, your partner and that you want something different or something more to change. It's okay. And again, I think that is comes with experience, that comes with you know, being, feeling empowered and having confidence in yourself and being comfortable with your partner. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's also recognizing that for a lot of us where sex can just happen, like 
we just kind of it happens after a date or just you uh-huh, call and uh-huh, come uh-huh. over that right. it is okay and it's it's important to try and create opportunities where you can talk to somebody about the sex you will have or the sex you're having right not at the onset or like during sex that having conversations mm-hmm. about sex at this point there's lots of conversation cards and games that can help you do that there's lots yeah. of like sex and intimacy inventories on the internet um one i use with my students is from a website Scarlteen. um but it's a, a giant list of sexual and intimate behaviors one that you things that you have done to you versus things that you would do to a partner and it's a just an opportunity for you to think even in the theoretical is this something that i'm interested in am i not interested in at all am i curious is it a fantasy of mine but those are conversations you can have with a partner as well and they're important to having just good quality intimacy and sex with a a partner but again also reducing harm and surprises telling people what you don't like yeah that's what i was thinking right Mm -hmm. telling people what you don't like telling people just some ways to treat you and your body are just not good for you and in general people that want to be good partners are receptive to that information and it's sometimes a lot easier Mm -hmm. to be receptive to that information before you've done something to harm somebody like hearing oh you don't like to be called the b-word during sex after i've already done it Mm -hmm. is i like it's okay and important to to have opportunities to have those conversations before y'all are taking your clothes off we're taking our clothes off rather yeah yeah i i agree and i think that also made me think too and we're kind of about to wrap it up but it made me think that because you said that these things can happen like with casual sex right like people can have casual sex but even with casual sex you can have real conversations about sex without it being you know, oh, we're not together. Why we got to do this? Or we, it could still be a respect factor and it can still be, we're respecting each other's boundaries. We're respecting, you know, what we, our desires, our wants, and just as people, as humans, you know? And so I think that, like you said earlier about red flags, that could also be a red flag. Like if you had sex with a person and it was casual, whatever, and then now you're coming back and maybe you're having these conversations or trying to, and the person is not receptive or there's pushback, that might be a flag that you may not need to engage with that person. And so even having boundaries, even if it's not a relationship that you're looking for, maybe this is just casual sex, that you can still have expectations. Mm-hmm. You, It doesn't have to be like, the bar doesn't have to be at the floor because, oh, we're not in a relationship, so it don't matter. Like, okay, you're not trying to be in a relationship, but you you can still have expectations for your casual relationship or your ex are at least expectations of what you want when it comes to sex and that hopefully that the person is respecting your body and your wishes um and consent is very important in that as well and and thinking about about those things i think it's important i think people kind of confuse the two as oh we're not in a relationship so we don't have to talk about all of these things right and i don't don't have to do any work to make sure that this Mm -hmm. interaction (laughs) is successful and that's crazy Mm because casual relationships friends with benefits hookups sometimes they actually require more work than just boyfriend and girlfriend relationships because you have to again decide absolutely where where are we going to be are we allowed to see each other in public how do we act in public that like there's there's lots of things mm-hmm. that go into making those types of interactions successful and people equate just the casualness or the the one-off of it with 
I don't have to do any work to for this to go well. And uh-uh. exactly, I didn't. I did want to touch on soul ties, but <laughs> why you make that face? Why? You, well, actually, I want to know why you make that face about soul ties. Because I think it's a uh, it's a phrase similar to like situationships where it's just describing something. It's just describing something undefined. It's just describing you not going through the ending process of being with someone. You're not your souls are not connected. If you haven't gone through, I just feel like if you haven't gone through the work of sunsetting the the intimate thoughts and feelings of a relationship Yes, then you're just dragging them along into every other relationship you go through, but it is uh, not something like a I like how you said that. Yes. Cuz I think some people are like you're connected. It's your soul. And you're just saying it like you just have unresolved issues that you haven't straightened out with this person and you're carrying your shit and dragging it across the floor to It's getting <laughs> you didn't finish the stages of grief <laughs> and now you just want to call it something. <laughs> Now you just want to call it, it's a soul tie. Exactly. All right. It's not a soul tie. It's baggage. (laughs) It's baggage. (laughs) But any last signs, anything else before we leave today? Um... No, I think there was I think there was a thread of conversation that I did want to interject, but I guess that will have to be a part two. But we will talk about that. No, if you want to do it, do it. But like when we were talking about like sex projects and life projects and why are you having sex? But Mm -hmm. we can do that later. Oh, we didn't talk about like why you're having sex. Do we need to? Do we want to? Yeah, let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's go ahead and get into it. Go ahead. One of the things it's important to be thoughtful and introspective about is why we are having sex. What are you using sex for? A lot of people think of sex as a, when we talk about sex health or sex ed, that sex is a completely health related behavior, but it's it's more than a health behavior. It's also a social behavior. And we use, we use sex for multiple things, whether it be to feel better and to cope, to secure connection, to have a baby like we there are just different ways we use sex Mm. in our relationships and how we navigate life i'll say for my college students a lot of what we're talking about is really yeah with the opportunity to just have the freedom of autonomy on campus what are you using sex for is it to secure a Mm. relationship is it to secure social status? Is it to hit a a certain body count that just that goal achievement oriented type of goal when it comes to sex, just being thoughtful of just Mm -hmm. why you are having sex. And if you don't like some of those answers, being thoughtful about how you eliminate them from your sexual and intimate behaviors. That if just I'm having sex to reinforce that I'm attractive, there are other ways to mm. reinforce that you are attractive mm. that don't involve sex. If that is just that is just not the healthiest way to do that. Are you having sex to secure a monogamous relationship? One of the things we talk about in college is that for many colleges, ours included, the gender ratio that we experience on campus typically skews higher women than men. If you think you are dating somebody Mm -hmm. on campus and if I don't have sex with him, he will have sex Mm -hmm. with somebody else. You are trying to use sex to secure that relationship. 
but it's important right. to know mm. that that may not secure that relationship. And so if there, there mm -hmm. are just other things you need to be thinking about if that was the goal of sex. Some people have sex to mm. feel good. That's great. Are you Not doing, always though, right. depending on what you're trying. Are mm. you doing mm. it in the most healthy way possible? That those are mm -hmm. conversations that people need to have even outside of the college space. Of, and especially once we leave the college space, because why are you having sex? And is it creating like connection and affirmation in your life? Or is it causing chaos and destruction in the world? <laughs> that part that's the one right there that is the one that is the one right there i think that is a really good question why are you having sex that is a really good question and then i immediately started to think about best man and i was thinking about the character played by morris chestnut and how when he was grieving he was having uncontrollably sex, impulsive sex to grieve and get over the the death of his wife. And so that was like what you're saying, I'm having sex to make me feel good, but is it in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. um, are you avoiding something or avoiding addressing issues or trying to distract yourself from how you're actually feeling. I also thought about my client who we talk about this all the time, but I have never asked or posed this question and I might now, but always about validation, seeking validation from male interaction is like a thing with her and she knows it. And we talk about it all the time, but even just how you pose that, like, you know, what is the purpose of you having sex? Like, why are you having sex? What does that mean? And are you having sex to seek validation from someone else to say like, okay, I'm, I'm attractive. I'm pretty like, this is going to validate who I am. And I think it always, in those situations, it, oh, you always end up, because we were talking about why she feels upset when the relationship she's in that she didn't really want to be in in the first place, right? And she's upset by them and she's distraught and she's trying to figure out like, why am I so upset about this relationship that I didn't even really want this person? And it's the connection of it, right? It's kind of like the why. You wanted this person to validate you when they no longer wanted you, even though you didn't want them, that means they took away that validation that you were trying to feed mm. into or that space. And so now you're grieving, not necessarily that person, but the validation that that person gave you. Mm -hmm. Because now it's like, it's like they took it away. So I think that was really good to think about of why you're having sex and what that means, especially when you're young and I think you are in college and doing these things and, and just and learning and exploring life, you should ask yourself those reflective questions. Thank you for bringing that up. Really great. You're welcome. All right. Uh, we like to end the podcast with a uh, pour it up moment. How would you like to pour into yourself for the next week? I'll usually go first. I give them, I guess, time to kind of think about it if you ha don't already have one. So this morning, actually, I woke up at like 830 to talk to a lawyer about trademarking Champagne Sunday podcast. So that's, you know... I learned a lot of information because I also was, I feel like you see a lot of things on social media about business, entrepreneurship, trademarking, LLCs, but it's like, how do you like actually sit with a professional and talk about it? And I think it's the same thing like mental health. Like you see all these things about mental health, but how often do you actually meet with the psychologist and say, hey, is this real? And I feel like it's the same when it comes to business and, and those things. So um, definitely talked to a lawyer. I felt really informed afterwards. And I was like, okay, this makes sense to me. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> I feel like because it's definitely an investment. It's expensive. It's an investment. But I think I'm more informed and knowledgeable. And so I think that's kind of how I poured in myself today, carrying into the week and just thinking more about that. And again, I told you we're coming up on Champagne Sunday's anniversary. 
We're coming up on the year uh, very soon. I think the sixth is it is. Um, so coming up on Monday. And so, yeah, just thinking about how to kind of continue the brand, extend the brand of Champagne Sunday podcast and continue to give you really good quality content. And um, yeah, so that's that's my little poured up measure, you know, little pour, pour. Dope, dope, dope. Um, anything for you? Anything what you got? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, my poured up actually started yesterday. The university okay. started instituting mental health days. So the campus was closed yes. on Friday. I love that. Yes. And mm. so I actually spent it at a day spa and I was there for about Oh yeah. Yeah. Seven hours. Just I left my phone in the locker and I just the only decisions I had to okay. make were do I want to try the chromotherapy? Do I want to try the clay room? Do I need to go back to the hot tub? Do I just want to sit and maybe take a nap? And it has just for me kicked off a weekend. I was just really excited to sit and have bougie girl talk, boozy girl talk. Yes. <laughs> with you. Boozy. Oh, Ooh, boozy yeah. Girl talk. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but I'm yeah, going to. I like that. I like that. Keep that going. Boozy, bougie. With just, you know, just kind of resettling into my space and then doing some homework that, you know, just weekly homework, chipping, chipping, chipping away at it. But um, yeah, that just Friday started a three day weekend of intentional recharging. I love that. I'm gonna have to go to the spa with you. I totally forgot you were going the other day. Now, I feel like you spent this time longer at the spa than you did last time. You spent seven hours. Did you do seven hours last time? No, last time I did about no, no, yeah, four and a half, maybe five. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I really want to go. I'm gonna definitely go next time you go. If it's on a Friday, because Fridays, I'm pretty on a light day. Okay. So if you have another mental health day on a Friday, I definitely will go. Or we can try to figure out a day to go. But I'm going to have to make sure it's on a payday weekend. <laughs> sure do. Because <laughs> knowing me, because know me, because I, when I, that's, this is why I don't like to go out. Because when I go out, I like to spend coin and I can't control myself. And so I know when I go, I'm going to want sushi. I'm going to want some drinks, even though they're really expensive. So and I'm going to definitely want a massage. And so... Okay, no, we'll I'm, talk. I'm, I'm because, we'll talk because there's definitely the second time okay. around, I definitely, even with the, they did like a price increase, I definitely was more frugal and I had a, a good time. Okay. Um, they did a price increase that daily is not the same. The rate no, ma'am. Oh my God. So it, there, it was, it was. So it went from 90. It was 75. So 75 for the weekday, 90. Oh, because not on Friday. For the weekend, right. But now it is 135 for the weekday and 165 for the weekend. Yeah. So you know, they said they were going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I should have went ahead and went because on their website it has said like, this is our grand opening Promotional, prices, yep. price. And I was like, promotional. And I was like, damn, if it's 75 now, well, what the fuck is about to be? 135? Yeah. Sheesh. But I still, Ugh. even with the price increase, I ended up spending more time and less money there this time. So we will talk about how I did that. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm here for it. Um, there was also something you said. Oh, I love boozy girl talk because I feel like that could be a champagne Sunday series. Ooh. But we gon' we'll get into that later. But um, but okay, thanks for coming to Champagne Sunday. Thank you I for have having me. A lot me. of fun. So thanks for joining us on Champagne Sunday. Please uh, keep posted throughout the week on all of our social well our social media platforms. Also looking into going and catching up on old episodes through all of the streaming platforms that's what i was trying to say not social media but streaming platforms um on spotify anchor as well as apple Podcasts, 
Make sure you go to our social media page, our Instagram page, like, comment, if you have anything to say. And with that being said, I will see you next week. Thanks so much, Shaq, for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank it you so much for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye.